This is a Stimulus Network podcast. The Cosmic Shed. Hello and welcome to The Cosmic Shed. I'm Andrew and today's episode is an interview with John Bowden. Now you might know John Bowden as the lead singer and arranger of Bellowhead, the legendary folk group. And you might know him because he's won 11, yes, 11 BBC Radio 2 Folk Awards. You might know him as half of Spears and Bowden, and you hopefully know him because of his wonderful solo work. And it's that solo work that brings John to the Cosmic Shed, because we have had calls from some of you listeners asking us for more music episodes, more interviews with musicians. Of course, in the past, we've brought you interviews with Public Service Broadcasting, Charlotte Hatherley, and more. And so when John Bowden released Last Mile Home this month, I thought I'd take the opportunity to bring you a conversation with John Bowden. My new album is called Last Mile Home, and it is the third in a trilogy of albums that uh, that I started back in 2009, um, and they're they're all set in a in a post climate change future, um, and they tell sort of different stories um and this new album tells a tells of a journey of of an old a sort of older couple who um have been kind of living out in the moors um very isolated for 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 many years and this is a sort of final journey to the ocean for them through landscape that they you know they spent their lives in and is now empty of human life but full of nature reclaiming um and you know spring uh the, the, the sort of annual uh, cycle opening up again as, as spring and summer kicks in. Brilliant. And it's a beautiful thing. I only got it at, on Saturday. It arrived on my doormat. And, um, well, just to out myself as a bit of a fan, um, I think it's... Excellent. Uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thank you. I, I, I love the feel of it. At this coming at this particular moment, well, perhaps we'll come to that later. But um, just going right back to the beginning, why have you written a trilogy of concept albums in a post-climate change world? Well, I was interested in um, looking at a post-climate change kind of context for song for songwriting. I think it came about because um, I became a father um in 2006 um and you know it's quite a big change that i think for for everyone becoming a parent and um i just i kind of started getting pretty depressed and worried and anxious about the state of uh of the world you know and about climate change and it's not like i hadn't been worried about it before but it you worry about things differently, I think, when it's when you're worrying about the, you know, the, the what what kind of world are you bring your kids into, and what are they going to have to deal with that you didn't have to deal with, you know, what are they going to have to deal with? A huge, enormous global um, sort of social changes in their forties and fifties in a way that 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 I won't as a as a Generation X 
or whatever it is I am, you know. <laughs> and and so I don't know. I, that really uh, sort of preoccupied me for some time, and so I just I guess I sort of channeled that into into songwriting. Um, it also coincided with moving to the countryside, and so I I was particularly interested in how what you might call a regressed society or a society that 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 is. Uh, you know, weaned itself off uh, its reliance on technology and 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 oil, um, and you know, and so is therefore living a lifestyle that is maybe more in common with that of a of, of the late nineteenth century or early early twentieth century than the lifestyle that we're used to, and how that might impact upon a rural community, and I guess also how stuff like folk song and folk dance and folk custom might sort of necessarily become more important in that context does science come into folk music really i mean is it part of the world well i suppose folk music is is very influenced by by social change and social change is driven by science historically isn't it so you know one is very aware singing old songs of whether they're kind of post-industrial or pre-industrial um and and the you know that sort of you know the the kind of um, end of feudalism, which was brought about largely by the industrial revolution, and that that of course has a massive impact on on the sentiments of a lot of the songs. So I think it, it I think it's absolutely in there in in terms of traditional songs. In terms of song you know songwriting, I suppose it just all depends what you're writing about, doesn't it? I mean, certainly for me, um, I, I was very fa- I've been very fascinated by the science of. It's not, I don't know, reconstruction is the wrong word, but but salvaging, <laughs> sort of, of salvaging technology. Um, I, I read a wonderful book called The Knowledge by Lewis Dartnell, um, which uh, has um, a whole load of, each chapter is a different sort of um, bit of scientific salvaging. So there's, I don't know, there's a chapter on how you might, for example, be able to use, you know, an old internal combustion engine by creating wood ethanol, for example, which is something, you know, I'm not a scientist, so all this stuff is just incre- incredibly exciting to me because it's sort of like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, yeah. The, wood ethanol, what's that? I guess in the in the second album, the trilogy, that's all about a big street carnival. So there's a whole element to that, which is what, how would they do that? How would it, if a bunch of kids, you know, wanted to have a big kind of bonfire night party in a, in a, in, a, in, a, in the ruins of an old city, what would they be able to do? You know, obviously they can light fires. Well, I say obviously. I mean, it's not that easy, is it? Lighting a fire mm. if you, you know, if you if you've ever tried to do it with, you know, the, the rubbing two sticks together, it's very difficult. Uh, but anyway, assuming that they that they can do fire, um, but then you know, um, is is it possible? For example, if there are old shop signs, might they be able to, you know, jerry rig a, a battery or a power source? uh you know there's there's quite there's a lot of um references to gas lights in that album so you know that's that's a an easier system of lighting i guess to to recreate so um and also fireworks as well and and um i didn't actually do it but i i, I was hoping to get lots of uh chemical references into the album for for different chemicals that you could create different fireworks out of it didn't it didn't work out that was it was a bit too much shoehorning yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get to get cobalt into the lyric yeah. but uh or whatever but uh you know so i was i was very interested in the science of it um this new album it's it's so much more about nature reclaiming than um 
than than the sort of human society. I think the first two albums are much more focused on a human society living in that post climate change context. This album is 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 a sort of more of a kind of farewell to uh you, you know to a landscape that that has held human life but is increasingly not holding that so um so I, there is less science in this album in in in, in direct terms anyway the missile thrush is in my the swallows throng on the cable wire right phoebe hastens to her rest and paints the sky with crimson fire from a storytelling point of view when you back in the days of songs from the flood bane were you already thinking about this album or has this album come about since are you you kind of record are you getting a a kind of george lucas thing where you pretend that you knew exactly what was going to come (laughs) (laughs) no no i no it, it 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 wasn't um it hadn't occurred to me whilst I was writing Floodplain that I would do any follow-ups. But it was very interesting writing Floodplain because I started off with quite apocalyptic negative, you know, negative is the wrong word, but, but you know, quite dark interest in it all, I suppose. And, you know, the darker songs on the album, stuff like When the Walls Come Tumbling Down, Penny for the Preacher, they they were sort of the earlier songs in the writing process. And then I just found myself getting more drawn towards the po- not the, the positives, again, is the wrong, wrong word, but the ways in which, you know, mankind can and will survive that sort of onslaught, you know, and the ways in which you know, this sort of regressed society might actually have, you know, have gained from that process, not just in terms of preservation, not just in terms of self-preservation, because, of course, it is it is necessary that we, at some point, pull back from our sort of technological consumption or, our, or at least our carbon consumption, but, but that actually in doing so, through necessity, uh, through necessity, we will actually gain certain things particularly in terms of human relationships i think and 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 you know as soon as you i mean i always talk about that 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 phenomenon that happens in a, in a blackout where you know the the power goes off and within 20 minutes next door neighbors who who might not speak to each other for for months on end you know or just past the time of day you know they'll be knocking on doors saying is your, you know is your power gone off yes oh well you know and and then um you know it's the whole it's the whole street or whatever and then you know within an hour probably someone's dug out their guitar that hasn't seen the light of day and say oh you know num- number number eight of singing Beatles songs let's go around it you know and and before you know it this whole community has has solidified because suddenly they have to entertain each other and themselves rather than being glued to, to Netflix or whatever and at the end of that blackout when the power comes on People always say, "Oh, this is brilliant. We should do this all the time. Why don't we do this all the time?" But no one does. We don't. You know, we don't. We need that sort of. Um, we need it to be taken away from us, uh, because comfort is so seductive. The comfort of of consumption is 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 a really addictive thing. You know, it's very difficult when you've got a car to not use it, or to when you've got Netflix to not sit and watch Netflix. But once it's taken away, you actually suddenly realise that the loss of comfort doesn't actually mean a loss of standard of living 
you know, because comfort can actually have a sort of stultifying effect on you as well as being pleasurable. Because we're obviously we're in the middle of something at the moment. I don't know if you've noticed. And, <laughs> <laughs> and there's, uh, it feels like we're sort of coming out of it now, I guess. Sort of, there's a possible route into a slightly better position with it at least even if yeah. it's not coming to an end um and i it, it's as i say it's early days with me listening to um your new album last mile home but the title alone right last mile home coming as it does at this particular moment in the pandemic is that deliberate uh it's not it's not conscious no mm. um but i i wrote the bulk of this album uh in in sort of march april 2020 so that yeah i mean it's it's not deliberate that doesn't mean it's that, that that's not what it's about yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, may, it may well be yeah um uh yeah um i think there is a sense of i mean it, it, it i think it's quite complicated in the sound because there is a sense of it being a, an ending but also there's a lot of beginnings in it as well uh, certainly nature you know that is very specifically set in in that sort of late spring early summer thing when 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 nature is coming coming to life and it's reclaiming and that's a really potent metaphor for um you know for for the reawakening of all sort you know all life and all and and I think that's what we are in at the moment is we're waiting for that sort of metaphorical spring to to come after a year of hibernation um and yeah, so I think there are sort of there's a metaphorical potency to to that um, that is that is significant. Yeah, um, I mean, last mile home. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a funny phrase in terms of the album, and I I struggled with it. In the end, I just went with it because it sort of felt right, even though it's sort of um, you know it's quite a complex idea because they're <clears throat> they're heading to the ocean. Um, and and it's you know there's a line our home is in the our home is in the ocean or on the far side of the water so so in a sense they're leaving their home but it's the last mile home in the sense that they are you know they're they're following on the people who have left already so it's like home is where the heart is to use that cliche so so um you know that every everyone that they loved has left and so therefore but in following on it's it's like they're going home um but there's also an ambiguity is about what are they going to do are they actually going to cross the ocean or is it is it is this an actual ending so is home in this sense death you know um which which is um so it, it's all a bit tangled up to be honest and um uh, in in terms of what it all means and i i kind of I think it's sort of the privilege of being a being a songwriter rather than a essayist or a <laughs> or even a novelist that you you're you're kind of allowed those ambiguities and in a way I think those ambiguities are are worth embracing often because you know I think the the, the thing about the art form of uh, that is the album um is is that it's unusual in that you it's what you hope is that people are going to listen to it multiple times, you know, 50 times, ideally, feels to me like a good number to listen to an album, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, which is unusual. You know, you wouldn't write a play or, or write a book 
assuming that people are going to watch it 50 times you generally assume they'll you know once or twice and and that's it so so it's like songwriting uh particularly album writing i think it has has this kind of privilege of you you can you can leave things untidy and and uh you know lots of questions in there for the listener um uh, to, to to make their own minds up about hmm. so you put yourself in the mind of these characters you create the characters then you write the songs about these characters um and then it's it's okay for you if people have different meaning to those stories when they listen absolutely in fact um i would far prefer it that people have their own meanings and their even even if it even if it's different to to my own and um with the first two albums i was very conscious of not telling people what i thought it was about you know so not explaining the context even just you know as we've just been talking about what the what the significance of home is so for those first two albums i wouldn't have i would have stopped myself telling you that because um because i don't uh, you know, I don't believe that just because I've written it means that I know what it's about, you know, because there's, there's so much, you know, in all art, but in songwriting as well, you're sort of dealing in, in, in um, you know, phrases and concepts that, that are, are, you know, borrowed and, and and stolen from all sorts of different areas of, of, of life. So it's I don't think you can ever fully know what, what it is you're writing about. So yeah, so with the first two albums, I was really careful not to talk about it. What I've found is that it really helps people if I if I explain the story, particularly actually for Afterglow, the second album. And I think that's just because, you know, as I say, you, you kind of write it hoping that people are going to listen to it 50 times. And so I think really if you listen to Afterglow five or six times, you would get the idea of what the story is. Yeah. But... I guess, you know, there's an awful lot of people who won't listen to it five or six times or, or you know, at the point at which they come to see me at a gig, they may have only listened to it once or may never have listened to it. So in the context of a gig, I have started being a bit more direct with people about what's going on in the story and people seem to really respond to that. So so that's great, but I just, I, I'm always um, keen to add the disclaimer that this is this is just one possible you know sort of interpretation yeah which it's very it's kind of a difficult thing to talk about because it sounds a little bit um big-headed to talk about one's own writing as having a life beyond you know one's own conception of it but That's not, um no. you know it's um i don't know i i i suppose i'd come back to um i went to see kate bush uh do her live show um i was lucky enough to get a ticket whenever it was three or four years ago and she part of that was she performed the second half of um hounds of love album which i absolutely love is one of my favorite albums and she dramatized it you know as a reflection of what she was thinking about when she wrote it and it had nothing to do with what i thought it was about at all right i I was kind of but i was watching i was going oh right oh that makes sense yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah. and actually what i thought it was was about doesn't make any sense you know and and that was great but part of me was a little bit disappointed you know because it was like I was sort of like having my version of the album taken away from me Mm. and then I sort of came away and thought well no it's fine it's still there that's still my version of the album and that's Kate Bush's version of the album and actually I don't think my version is any less valid than hers even though she wrote it you know so yeah no absolutely that's good to hear 
I kind of wanted to ask you that because similarly, I had my own kind of feelings about what the songs were about and then came to see you perform them and you told me they were about something else. I was okay with it. Right. Um, I, I wasn't upset. Um, but I just wanted to check it was okay with you. <laughs> yeah. And as I say, I, you know, I think it's one of those things if I was, if I was, um, you know, Bob Dylan or something. Yeah. Then I wouldn't have to explain what I what they were. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like kind yeah, of yeah. there's 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 a sort of level ab- above which as a performer, people, you know, people do PhDs in what Bob Dylan means when he writes a song. But yeah. but but for the rest of us, I think we have to be a bit more sort of <laughs> <laughs> flexible about maybe explaining what it is we yeah. meant. Okay. But you know, uh, but yeah, but 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 without. Um, but that doesn't mean, you know, ideally, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't say anything about it, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. No, and, 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 I appreciate that. But I, I think, um, you know, you just I, you just said it sounds a bit big-headed. It didn't sound big-headed at all. Um, and I think that's because, because you've got this body of work behind you that makes that completely make sense. But I'm just going to make you even more big-headed by saying a couple <laughs> of things first, which is I think the, the thing with Afterglow, this kind of street party post climate change street party um i can't think of anybody i'd rather be in charge of the the street party than you having, <laughs> having been to several of your you know case i went to the um uh the new year's eve thing in london yeah. that was oh, what a what a night that was that was yeah amazing. yeah um yeah. and um well and and the other thing which i think is quite is kind of a difficult thing to to navigate and you've done it impeccably so I have to ask you how. And I think the thing is that if 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 you said f- folk rock and post-apocalyptic um, concept albums, there's a possibility in the wrong hands that that could go horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And I've, I, to be honest, I've felt a bit like I've been battling against the terminology throughout this because it's I sort of... As soon as I say post-apocalyptic or indeed folk rock, you can sort of see people deflating. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. uh, uh, particularly sort of, um, you know, media movers and shakers. It's like it's, it's quite a tough sell, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's. Um, but it's funny because I, 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 I mean, certainly in terms of post-apocalyptic or post-climate change, I mean. I kind of think what you know what 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 else is there to write about mm. you know what what if you know it's like somehow you know writing about the future that's some kind of really wacky kind of uh geeky kind of thing to do you know uh, and it's like well why why wouldn't you write about what you think the future might be because i mean p- personally and i i mean i um this is no sort of uh, criticism of anybody else but i i personally have no interest in writing about the present <laughs> <laughs> at all hmm. you know uh, and it's not because i'm apolitical i i would happily you know uh write a series of essays on what i reckon about politics you know if i thought anyone would read them which they wouldn't so hmm. you know there's i i'm 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 quite a political person but i don't have any desire to put that into into an you know ababb um you know no. v- verse form um and um and i don't have i also don't really have an interest in writing historical songs uh, again i'm very I'm, I'm quite obsessed with history but it doesn't 
you know, I'd rather sing songs from the past than write songs about the past. So I I sort of feel, well, what else, you know, what more important thing could there be for artists to do of all, you know, not, you know, in all spheres than to imaginatively engage with the, the greatest sort of existential crisis that mankind has ever experienced, you know? Mm. Yeah, I think that's the um, key. I think that's the key to it is that you've imaginatively engaged with it, and um, and you have a particular voice which is um, not actually what it sounds like. Although there is that as well, but I mean your <laughs> your voice in terms of the way you talk about these things, which means that when when we talk about a concept album, people need not worry um, and and can approach it and and see a, well a really fascinating artistry in it, which is. Um, a wonderful thing to behold because you mentioned that you don't write about now and you are a political person but i i i have to say when i listen to rose and june i feel like there's some comment on brexit in there really um mm. what with 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 what with rigs of the time or mm, yeah uh no not really i mean i am massively anti brexit <laughs> so that you may just be picking up on my I may, I may just exude uh, <laughs> federalist uh, <laughs> federalist vibes, yeah. um, but um, no, I mean it's interesting that um, it reads the time because that it is quite common to rewrite that particular song because it's because it's a sort of generic protest song um, from the nineteenth century. But the you know the things that it protests about uh, in the original version is about bread being too expensive or whatever. So I guess actually maybe it's more right. I see what you're saying because actually post post Brexit the whole price rise thing has has now hit. So it probably yeah I hadn't thought about that. It's probably more directly a sort of um, <laughs> you know applicable now than it was. Um, I was just at the time I was just furious that we were going to do it. So uh, so I don't think I was particularly thinking about it then. But yeah, I just I I don't I don't like I did I generally avoid updating folk songs. I think I just feel. There's a danger, there's a big danger that you just get to the point where you really would have been better off writing a new song, you know, mm. and, you know, and, and that you, I also think the folk song as a body of composed material, albeit composed by multiple voices and, 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 and minds, but, but it's still, you know, it's still composed by people. And I think it's up there with Shakespeare and you know the victorian novelists and 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 the great pop music i think it is it's a, it's a um you know a fantastic creative achievement um obviously there's a lot of dross in there but you know um you, you know the, the 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 top kind of you know the best 10% of folk songs are, are as good as anything else you know so i think i don't know i i'm i'm a bit cautious about taking to you know i think the job of the interpreter is to change maybe update in small ways but um yeah i just it's like if somebody came along and and, and wrote rewrote shakespeare in, in contemporary speech patterns personally i wouldn't be interested in that i'd be like you know be like well just why, why don't you just write a new play you know um because yeah i just worry that you lose 
you lose more than you gain sometimes. Yeah. But um, so so yes, I did, so I so that is the original nineteenth century um, lyric. The fact that it um, is applicable <laughs> to contemporary situations is, I suppose, in a way, more of a damning indictment of Brexit than if I'd uh, deliberately updated it because it's like we are actually we have actually gone back to <laughs> to, <laughs> to 19th century levels of stupidity you've got a history uh, with bellowhead you've got the remnant kings now i presume that's still a thing yeah um, th- yep. this album Last Mile Home. Tell me about the difference between that kind of big thing and then writing on your own. Yeah, I mean, the writing's not that different because in in Bellahead and, and in The Remnant Kings, um, you know, I, I do write alone. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, the... the it's, it's interesting, you know, the, the um, experience of, of, of hearing a big Bellahead track you know, live for most people, it's such a live thing and such a such a you know such a lot of stuff going on and and people doing different stuff. Um, a lot of these tracks, my great, my you know, when I when I think of them, I, what I remember is is the place where I was glued to my laptop screen. You know, <laughs> you know, like, oh God, another bar. You know, so it's a very it's a very um, slow. Uh, an isolated experience writing like that, um, but but that's that's generally how I write. It's certainly how I arrange, um, and w- w- and writing songs again. I, I I write alone, more sort of wandering around the kitchen playing the guitar or whatever. Um, so that's that's not so different. But yes, in terms of um, of recording, very different. To the Afterglow was very much a band album, as was Rose in June, as of course were all the Bellahead albums. So. So yes, yeah, so this has been different. Um, most of the album, uh, most of the instruments I play myself, um, and that's I don't know. It doesn't. It's just I, it's it's different. It's less complex this album. So it's not like I I didn't really have to work out what I was going to play at any point because it, the, the, the the musically apart from um, Flash Flood, um, you know, it's all it's all reasonably straightforward um you know there's not eight thousand different time signatures or whatever in most of the tracks which which is uh, you know <laughs> certainly uh one of the issues with bellahead is it was the amount of time signature changes <laughs> um but um yeah so 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 it was pretty organic um and i had andy bell came and recorded you know to put a bit of pressure on i mean it's i, I find it difficult to to record completely on my own because there's just never any a there's no sort of pressure but also there's no you need someone to say yeah i think we've got that now let's move on you know uh so andy's great at that so so um so so that was really good um and uh and then we 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 did get the strings in which is fantastic after eight months of never playing with anybody else to to get uh to get helen and morvin and lucy in a, in a room playing some beautiful strings um was was very exciting so yeah, how do, how have you done it all with lockdown? Was this a, this was in a period of not lockdown? I, I presume that this happened. Uh, the strings was in that little gap um, in November between sort of after, after the 
after lockdown two and before lockdown three kind of thing you know <laughs> so it was it was fine i mean um yeah so we we had to we we did it in the studio and we were all socially distanced and masked up and all that sort of stuff but um um and we recorded my stuff mostly um at my house and also got, uh, i i did have a a, a, a quite a, a large unit down in in town that we uh that we recorded at which was good for a bit of um a bit of distance um but yeah so it was um it wasn't it wasn't too difficult to be honest cool that's good and you've got some socially distant gigs coming up oh yes yes in june yeah uh end of may i think yeah so that's exciting so uh yeah a lot of them have just sort of been you know that this this will be their third reschedule some of them you know they sort of yeah, yeah, been yeah. bumped along uh, over the year but um but but fingers crossed this this will this will be the last reschedule for them and uh, and I'll, and yeah there's 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 a good sort of 10 gigs or something in in June yeah that's brilliant i think there's uh, a couple in bath which is not too far down yeah. the road from from Bristol are tickets available or is it all gone i think it was it was sold out and then because they moved the date they've had a few returns so i think there's a handful available if you're quick yeah <laughs> thank you so much to john bowden and if you are able to get yourself a vaccine get yourself a ticket for one of those socially distanced gigs then i can highly recommend it the last gig that i went to before this all kicked off was actually John Bowden and the Remnant Kings at St George's in Bristol and and I can't really think of a better way to end this whole thing than with a John Bowden gig I hope you enjoyed this and uh, enjoy exploring John's music if you didn't know it already and uh, delving back into it if you already know and love his work but we'll be back soon with something uh, probably a bit more science fiction focused again but we were always set up as the Cosmic Shed, where science and storytelling collide. So we might follow our curiosity wherever it goes. We'll be back soon anyway, and thank you very much for listening. The Cosmic Shed. Science fact. Science fiction. And everything in between. This podcast is brought to you by the Stimulus Network.